when you get there to think, do I belong here? What am I doing here? More now. I'm totally out of my own future. But you quickly learn that when you start to have conversations with people, that you've got something in common. I wanted to make sure there's still a bit here, so all the trails still. I like the idea of taking that first I have this idea that the kids these days need to do X, you know, or this uh, one kid in my class can't do Z, and I'm going to make a whole course to make sure it's easy. Uh, whether you're taking not Welcome to EdTrex Rewind. All right, welcome back to another episode of the EdTrex Rewind podcast. I'm Quinn Henderson. And I'm Matt Winters. It's great to have you here, and we have a guest today. And I'm excited that she actually she made it this time. And we've been trying to get her here for a little while. I think we got ditched last time because yeah. the, her friend was in a bikini competition. And so we, <laughs> That's we let her... That's such a true statement. Excuse. True statement. I needed to be there. Okay. Moral so, spo- support? Moral support. Oh, okay. I, I slept over the night before. Okay, I guess that's prepare. good. Watch out the hook. That's very true, Matt. If you were in a bikini competition, I'd be there to support you. <laughs> and take, Make sure everything looks perfect. Your makeup, your hair. <laughs> So, I have no response to that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Worst contest ever right there. Well, it depends. What What's the rubric? Why, what oh, yeah. No, worst on? contest ever. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, we're excited to have uh, Nikki Slaw here. She's uh, the principal out at Quest Academy. And so go ahead. Welcome, Nikki. Go ahead and introduce yourself like I already introduced you, but we can hear it in your own voice. Tell us what you do, where you're at. Okay. I'm actually the vice principal over six through nine. So we're a K through nine campus. We're out in West Haven. It's a public technology charter school. So we have a K through five and six through ninth. So I run the six through ninth part. I've been in education 17 years. I've been at Quest for seven years. I taught school for 10. I was an instructional coach for five and this is my second year in administration. So that's great. Well, Nikki and I have had the opportunity to work close together on a couple of things over the last year, and I get excited about all of the things that you start to do in your school and the way you talk about them and how excited you are about them. And then I get around your teachers and your staff, and that excitement is still there. And so you have this great energy inside of your building and with your teachers. So you did something recently that I want to hear more about and I think would be great for the, the listeners. In, in our state, we have what we call SAGE testing, right, which can be a bit of a challenge mentally for teachers and students, right? Most people would say drag. Drag, okay. Yeah. Drag. Yeah, it is a total drag. But you did something this year to try and not make it a drag for the students, but I would have a guess that it made it fun for the teachers too. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what you did? Okay, so I'm going to back up a little bit because it was a drag at my school. So a couple years ago, how Sage worked at my school is a kind of hush-hush. Nobody talked about it. We didn't, like... We didn't, no one wanted to bring it up. It was kind of like a swear word. No one wanted to talk about Sage. All of the students in the building that I'm currently at would have to walk from my building over to the elementary building. So it was kind of like the walk of shame. So it was like, oh, we got Sage testing today. We got to walk all the way across the campus into the other building in the computer lab. And it just was just that dreaded day. Basically, it took about six weeks. It, sometimes our students would take them at nine o'clock sometimes two o'clock, because by the time you fit SAGE testing in for third through ninth grade, it's a really big school to get all the testing in. It was just kind of a random, scary mess. So a couple years ago, when they decided to move me over into the junior high and have me run the junior high, basically I was told I need to change it. Um, 
our scores, our academic performance was low, our self-esteem in the kids was low. It was basically kind of ran a little bit more of a disciplinarian type school. So first off, I obviously needed to reduce discipline referrals, suspension, increase academics, but my main thing was I wanted to make sure every child was loved and they had a great school culture. I have a point why I'm going back to this because I really <laughs> believe to get high SAGE scores, you have to have a great um, school culture. So the first thing I did was kind of what we talked about earlier was I needed to have this culture where the teachers loved their job, that everybody came to work and they wanted to be there. I saw that was missing when I first went over to do like a little internship the spring before I started. Nobody wanted to go to the faculty room and eat. Nobody really hung out. It was just kind of a job, eight to four job. You come, did what you needed to do and left. So my first thing was I wanted to make it be more of a family feel. So they obviously needed to learn to trust me and they needed to understand that I trust them and I actually wanna give them voice and let them have a chance to help us transform the building. We called it transformation of Q2. So, so Q2 is, is the building yes. quest to, you have Q1 mm -hmm. and so, Q2. So it wasn't just transformation during the second quarter. Yes, it was perfect. actually in Q2, your building. Yes. I just wanted to clarify you that. You do need to bit. clarify that. So we went over, I went over there, got to know them. They didn't really know me. I'd been working in the elementary. Um, I'm kind of that crazy, cheesy girl, full of passion and enthusiasm. I don't think they knew what to do with me at first, but pretty fast I realized that I had an amazing group of teachers. They had just been waiting to have voice. So what we did is we kind of talked about my philosophy and their philosophies. We came up with, number one, it's always about the children, every decision we make. Love conquers all. Relationships are everything. I'm talking relationships between myself and my staff, between the staff and the um, students, the students and the parents, the parents and the staff, everything. School culture is huge. So we realized we need to raise the bar in order to get raise our academic achievement scores and that we also basically I let them know that if kids don't like their teacher they're not going to learn from you and our scores won't go up so my moral of the story is I was told you do need to bring our scores our scores were at least they're about 15 percent lower in every area sometimes 20 to 30 percent lower than the state when I took over I was told I needed to fix that so my board so go fix it you just go fix yeah, it just right grab your toolbox it. go fix it Good luck. My that the board just looked at me and that's what they said and I said, "Well, are you going to you got to play with me here because I'm a lover and I feel like we got to fix the culture first." And I remember when we started posting stuff on Facebook of all of the the teamwork activities, the teachers bonding, the students bonding, we added extracurricular activities, just all the little things we were doing. My board president was like, "Oh, is she just trying to make school fun? What happened to like raising the scores, you know?" Right. So I just said, bear with me, we'll get there. Um, basically, I wanted every single student to feel respected and loved and valued. So that was our first goal. Praise, 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 positive reinforcement, teamwork, add more clubs, competitions, give not only teachers but students voice. The teachers collaborated, everyone worked together. We did a lot of teamwork activities, team building activities. And after year one, we did raise our scores. So you're just saying even you started working on all those little things like you said, you know, giving students more opportunity to connect, teachers more opportunity to connect with each other. Might have been just, you know, fun activities, you know, and the board sounds like they, they maybe saw that as you're just creating fun, but you saw results just from doing yes. that. Yes, yes. 
because then everybody everybody had a purpose. Everybody wanted the kids wanted to be at school. The kids were excited to be to school. The kids were forming relationships with teachers, which meant they took ownership in what they were doing. They didn't want to disappoint their teacher. So all these relationships were forming and everybody was working together and this first year I left Sage how it was except for I wanted to talk positive about it but we still left the same schedule everything just to kind of see how it went. I didn't have time to change the culture, change the culture and the grading system and everything in year 1. So year 1 we did all that and basically the state average for ELA was 42% we were 54. The state average for math was 45%. We were 56. Science was 48 and we were 58. So we really grew tremendously. If I go back to what we were, so that was the state. Quest Academy actually, ELA was 35. We were 54 that first year. Math was 32. We were 56. And science was 38 and we were 58. So you can see in one year just changing school culture that raised the scores. I didn't go in, we didn't, I didn't have time to look at their curriculum apps, change academics, anything. The whole year one was school culture and forming relationships. Now, Matt and I have had this conversation probably numerous times that, that education is a people business. And it sounds like you went in first and said, okay, let's, let's figure out how we get people on the same page. Well, it also sounds, it sounds completely counterintuitive to what most people go for with standardized testing. Most people, for most teachers, most districts go, how can we add more reviews? How can we examine more right. testing? Uh, how can we change our curriculum and grading scores first? But you went in the complete opposite direction of yes. how do we change the relationships in order to then funnel uh, the kids towards a better situation in the testing environment. Now, I'm going to give you an example. It's a real-life example, um, and it happened just today because I think when you're in that culture or you're in something or in a place that you want to be or something that you're like, I'm, I love being around these people, I like doing that, then you're probably going to do better work. And today, I wasn't in that zone, and so I was working on expanding a goat pen, and and I didn't necessarily want to be doing that. And so I was not necessarily doing my best work. And I'm just hoping that it's still up when I get back. <laughs> but I can imagine if I, if I had a passion for goats or I really wanted to be out there doing that, I probably would have done better work. I know that's probably a terrible example. No, it's perfect. But, but, and I know goats, well, I guess goats have kids. And kids are at the school, I guess, if you want to make some kind of really stretched connection. But... I, I really appreciate what you do on the culture side. And I think I've had this conversation with you before. I've been in situations before where there's actually been a strong belief you can't change a culture, yep. that it is the way it is. And you've proved that that's not the case. And that by changing the culture, that, that really it improved performance for everybody. Mm -hmm. And really the teachers too, which is probably not what somebody sent you in to do. They said, go ahead no. and improve scores, yes. help the students, but you realize that it going through the teachers as well. But I'm going to go back to yes. the question that I asked. I'm getting. I'm, I got to hear. I know. I'm going to get there. The Super Bowl okay. of Sage. So then I'm an analyzer. I had to give you the back. The back end. <laughs> There's the backstory. Yeah. So first, which is off, pretty powerful, by the way. I mean, and seriously, well, thank it's, you. It, it it does reinforce a lot of those standards that we're we're not looking at the things that aren't measured by a test, which we appreciate. Thanks. It definitely takes a village to move a mountain. And I feel like they told me I basically needed to move a mountain. And so I needed a great team and I needed to figure out who was on my team and who had the same philosophy and who actually loved children. And it all goes back to love and making sure that every child feels like they're safe. So year two, I'm like, great. 
um, how are we going to top that? We just grew tremendously. Ninth grade is my my baby I want to talk about. We were at 11% in our math scores. And I was like, gah. So I did grab, I snagged a few teachers. I didn't just take all the old teachers. I kind of picked a few of my own, obviously, when I started. So I had this new math teacher. She got handed um, a group of kids that we were weak in math and her ninth grade the previous year was 11% and she changed it from 11 to 66 in one year just on culture and being her and helping them so she was amazing so I was nervous I'm like what am I going to do year two how am I going to top this so basically growth mindset was big so we kind of started thinking about fixed mindset growth mindset um, having positive motivational quotes every day coming up with a theme which we came up with bring your A game. So that's what year two was. How are we going to bring our A game? How are we going to top last year? So all of our first meetings with students, we, we actually created a whole video to kick, off, to kick off an assembly. And it basically was called bring your A game. And every single teacher had a part in it, what they believed bring your A game was. It was all positive, motivational examples, you know, things just to get them excited. Obviously, with bringing your A game, we got to have an end game. That's right. So now I'm getting to okay, what you wanted. Okay, yeah, this is what I got to so hear about. So if we're going to bring our A game, we got to have an end game, which is going to be the Sage Super Bowl or the Super Bowl of Sage. So I started thinking. I hated how testing dragged out six six weeks. I hated how sometimes they were testing in the afternoon and they'd be reviewing in the morning, tests in the afternoon. It wasn't consistent. We're constantly telling our parents, make sure they go to bed early, make sure they get a healthy breakfast, but it drags. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, maybe they do that for the first week. But by week six, we're past we're that point, right? We're yep. We were still taking that walk of shame into the other building. So first off, I tried to find out. I said, can we use Chromebooks? Can we take tests in my building? I want them to be in their environment that they're used to. That, that was the first thing. And then I thought, what about taking that six week, separating us, because we are a junior high and elementary, and just doing junior high alone for one week? So then it kind of took some scheduling magic to see if we can fit all subjects in one week. So we, we figured all that out. We picked our date. We wanted to kick it off May 7th this year. So the whole year we knew we had an end game and the kids knew the Sage Super Bowl was coming up. So we also switched to mastery grading, which helped us focus on the standards and make sure that every student actually understood what they were learning and they had a purpose again. So there was no extra credit, no assignments on the gradebook, no homework, none of that stuff. It strictly was performance-based and can they teach that standard? Do they understand that standard? So I'll get to the fun part, but so we did all that this year. So we kind of took School culture continued, moved into mastery grading, which I completely believe in. We also added some, obviously, innovation design stuff because I worked with you. So we wanted to make sure kids were also thinking out of the box because you need to know problem solving for um, end-of-level testing too. Basically, I'll fast forward to 30 days before May 7th. So we had a countdown. So it was kind of like Super Bowl. We decorated our halls like the Super Bowl. We had a countdown, 30 more days till the Sage Super Bowl. How we worded it was basically, it was time to celebrate their learning and to prove their awesomeness. So there was no fear. It was, you've been mastering those standards all year. Now's your time to shine. We've got this. So during the 30 day countdown, that's when the teachers were reviewing the standards, making sure all the kids were still proficient, spiraling everything. Every single day for 30 days, we had a new quote. 
we took uh, where we did Sage Super Bowl. We took quotes from Michael Jordan, different other athletes, just to kind of put up each day. And all the teachers had to come up with a little mini lesson to go with that quote. We and oh, this was my favorite part. I printed off all the Sage scores from the previous year for ELA math and science, gave them to their core teachers, and they actually taught them how to analyze their scores. They taught them what areas they were weak in last year. Then some of the teachers even took their current benchmarks to see if they've already shown growth from last year's SAGE to the current benchmark that they do in class. Well, that's that's crazy. I, you start to say that right off the bat, showing a student where they were at, where they're at through this year already, and knowing that they improve probably already gives them confidence to to take the test, right? Yes. And to get into that area and not really panic. I mean, you're, you're really just putting them at ease in a way, or you're helping them get areas to focus on. So I had to stop you right there. No, because that's fine. I think that I was awesome. Going, so. I also think it was awesome that you started talking about it positively 30 days before it happened. And I think a lot of the times I hear, oh, no, Sage is coming. Mm-hmm. Sage is coming. Yeah. Don't say sage. They also say right. it doesn't go on our grade, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> 100%. But it, it goes on your grade, yes. right? And that's that's what a lot of people look at to measure what you're doing. So, great. There we are. Well, and then on top of that, it's um, your – so we've the test is black box from the teacher in the mm-hmm. school. But then we also – like, and teachers complain about that all the time. Um, I've complained about it before. And I think I it's agree. a standard thing. But then on top of that – we tend to black box the information from the students too. Like, here's your test scores, enjoy. Or here's, we, we're going to talk about standards. You're going to be tested on standards, but do you know what the standards are? And so I'm really impressed that you guys as a school took that extra step forward to say, hey, kids, here's the test. Here's how to look at it. Here's the standards that you're actually being examined on. And here's how to understand those standards. It's such an important concept that is actually pretty weak in most schools. I had to start with mastery-based grading up front knowing that I wanted to have this end game because, like you just said, they're not going to know what a standard was. Doing regular weekly assignments and homework and turning in extra credit, they're, they're just jumping through hoops. They're just doing busy work. They're just making sure there's no missing assignments. What can I do to make sure the grade's there? They're not actually thinking, what am I supposed to learn? And, okay, well, what am I supposed to learn? And do I even understand that standard? And what is a standard? What is an objective? And what's the why? And that was the big part of professional development the first half of the year with my teachers is you need to teach those kids why they're learning it and apply it to real world every day so they know the point. Well, and those kids need to see those standards mm-hmm. too, be able to actually look at them and go, oh, this is all the, the stuff I'm supposed to learn in one year or two years with ninth yes. and 10th grade standards. And looking at that going, like me as a teacher, I look at it and go, Ugh. but even the students go, wow. I had to do all this, and I've done most of it? Wow, that's great. So I'm actually starting out my next year doing that. First couple of weeks, guys, this is what we're learning. This is how we're supposed to learn it. Enjoy. Here's where they are online. Go go do homework on them, basically. Well, and, and with the mastery grading, you think about that. That's helpful even the students be able to show them. But what a great tool for the teacher, right? And that teacher, give, giving them the data that they've made some progress or being able to compare that with SAGE, know exactly where the students are at at any given point and what they should be working on. I mean, that really helps target and individualize it to really what that student needs. And I think that's something teachers always ask for. I, I, mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty safe safe guess. But so far, so good. We haven't even got to SAGE yet. You were I'm, just talking about 30 days, 30 days before and everything that you are doing. Let me tell you one really fast thing on mastery. The best part about it is if they fail or if they get 70%, Instead of just saying, what can I do to increase that grade as an extra assignment, it's they actually go to that teacher and they say, 
I would love to understand this concept more, the standard more. What Can you sit down with me and reteach it for me? And then they get another chance and another opportunity. Which so is, that was my big thing with growth mindset and everything is it's okay to fail. You can try it again. The yeah, whole point is that you can teach that standard and you understand it. Which is design thinking. It's, yes. it's the best way to learn. I mean, there's so many things that are embedded into that about trial, error, trial, error, reteaching. And then helping the student to understand everything that's going on with them as well. Well, and that's that's what students are going to experience once they get out of public education. When they go to work, they're going to get the feedback, and they're not going to be successful every attempt. And somebody's going to yes. tell them, "You got to go fix this part. You got to yep. improve this skill or do that." And so, really, you're preparing them in multiple ways. Awesome. Thanks. Okay, back to analyzing back. the scores. I yeah. know I get off task. Okay. <laughs> no, that's okay. So when they're analyzing the scores, the best part about it is, of course, I want threes and fours. I want those proficient scores, but I, we did not word it that way. We totally focused on growth. Take your score, set a goal. How are you going to grow? So we were completely fine with anybody that was even a one, if they were a lower one, that moved up to, say, a high one in SAGE. So in case you don't know how SAGE is graded, they're basically one, two, three, four. I don't know who our listeners are, but three and four are proficient. One and two are obviously not yeah, proficient. Yeah, below a pro, uh, uh, proficient, approaching proficient, proficient, above proficient. Yes. Those are four levels. So All right, you get a four in knowing that. Thank Good you. Job. Yes, yeah. mastery. <laughs> you got that. So we just wanted the kids to know that we would be proud of them no matter what as long as they could show that they have grew in that area. So again, that's taking the stress and the anxiety away. And the fact that they understood all the numbers, because it'd be like 442 is a three or so forth, depending on the grade. They, that was great. Okay, so we analyzed the scores. Oh, we had a theme song. I'm a theme song person. So of course, with Super Bowl, we took Champion by Carrie Underwood. And so that was our theme song to kind of pump them up. It was always playing in the halls. We actually analyzed that song each week, took a different keyword in her song to help them learn so now is it a song, song that you'll never hear again did you it was, probably use it too much we used it a lot <laughs> but I, it, th- yes we even played it the whole week for breakfast so those kids probably were like going crazy with it but it had such a great message okay so we d- did that oh we had a pep rally so we kicked it off oh the the last seven days we had this huge pep rally just like we would if we were going to region for track or region for cross country or volleyball whatever we're doing we had a pep rally for sage so that was amazing we have like a spirit group and we have our student council so we played games oh we played dodgeball where that when they were playing dodgeball they were actually it's like they were hitting the how did how did we word it killing sage basically but like when they're throwing the ball like we'd have signs on the kids so they're like defeating the test does that make sense like okay they're, yeah they're beating the test we're, we're creating we're gonna some tackle the test getting aggression sort of out before they yes. go take it yeah yes. like we've got this we're gonna prove them wrong you know that we that we definitely know our standards just a fun way to get them excited then oh my i had amazing parents from my parent organization we raised money and we fed breakfast every morning so each day I had a group of parents come in the morning. We offered 45 minutes we for free. Every student in the junior high could come and eat. That's when we had that song playing, but it was just talking, casual. We're going to eat breakfast. Then after that, we broke into our schedule. And how it worked is was we had timeouts and half times built in since we were going like Super Bowl. Um, how it worked, so at timeout they would get a snack because we want to make sure before they – go take a test again they were obviously fed and nourished so they weren't tired and they were ready to go but let's pretend like eighth grade had the first session at 8 45 they would start taking everybody and i put it that all eighth grade say science was tested at the exact same moment because i wanted us to have a huddle 
right before we went in for, say, eighth grade science test, and we're going to have a little huddle. We're going to talk about, review a couple things, motivate them, get them excited. We got this. We're going to go take that science test. So then we broke out. They're taking science tests while another grade might be in their timeout. And during the timeout, we offered a variety of things from yoga, because obviously studies say yoga is going to help with test taking. But we also had fun games outside from three base to spike ball to basketball, just anything just for the kids that want to go outside and get their wiggles out. Sometimes we had a couple teachers bring back Richard Simmons and do aerobics in the gym. We had some kids that wanted quiet time, so we had puzzles set up for them, puzzles and chess and board games. So no electronics, but it was all stuff geared to what they would like. And we kind of know our students. So there's an area where they could read, play games, just, just a break. So in years past, when they weren't testing, remember I told you we had normal bell schedule and they were reviewing. So I had no bells this, this whole week. It wasn't even like it was school. That's the other thing they loved. They were in shock that there was no bells and we're like, we're just taking this week off. We're strictly doing testing, timeout. Then we go back and test again. Then we have halftime and we have lunch. I had my lunch ladies decorate the lunchroom like a Super Bowl and we kind of brainstormed what lunch, what food we'd serve if you were at a football game. So we it's had like, like hot dogs and all that fun stuff. Yes, <laughs> she did. They, My lunch ladies were great. They went along with the theme. Um, what else? Just basically, oh, the other part that was great is the teachers and I during the countdown before, we'd be high-fiving those kids in the halls, like 17 more days till Sage, we got this. Like it was just constantly build up, build up, build up where they're so excited. But that week really was great because we served them breakfast, we had huddles, we motivated them before the test. They got to take the test in their, in the classrooms, in our building. After that, we had half times and lunch and different stuff. It just, it was just a great week. And we ended the week with a uh, after party stomp. So Friday night, we had a big stomp. Were they all celebrate. just drained and they were just. Danced the night away. No, they were probably. Yeah, <laughs> we danced the night away. Did That's the other the special under? thing with. Qu no. no. Actually, no I think it did come on. And I think we laughed because we didn't request it. But yes. No. no, Friday night was just queen. Queen, yeah. We are the champions. We are the we champions. Are the champions. Over again. Yes, because exactly. we're the stage champions. Well, I'm, I'm really impressed. It's inspiring to yeah. hear you, you talk about how much you actually just engage and interact with the students and speak positively and just say, hey, we've got this. We can do it. But you kind of create a scenario where, where they're probably walking around going, yeah, we can do this. Yeah. Uh, bring on the ACT, right? That's probably what they're saying. Bring on the next test. This is the best you got. You know, and I think that's such an important thing. And I, I, that's something I think that's missing a lot. When you go from school to school or district to district, the test is really what drags everybody down, but you're finding ways to make that really almost the highlight of, of the year. And I could actually see those students um, or hear those students a year or two from now saying, you remember the Super Bowl of Sage? That was so fun. Yeah. And, and who says that about a standardized test? It uh, all comes even from the teachers, the attitude in the teachers, because as you both have been teachers, if you have that attitude like at Sage that you don't care about it, it's not on our grades, it's not a big deal, they're not going to care. They're not going to buy in. So it, we're role models. Like everything we do, every, they're watching us constantly. They want to be like us. So it, it all depends on if you raise the bar and how you promote it and how you get them excited. And so that's one thing that I also think helped. If you're a teacher and you're dreading it and you don't believe in it, they're going to fill it and they're not going to perform for you. The best, best part was having kids run up to their teacher, run to myself, run to anyone and and talk about their growth. I got a 442 last year, I got a 493. So excited. They're talking those actual numbers on the SAGE test. Who would have thought that kids would be running around excited about those numbers? Those but are their priceless. stats from it the Super Bowl. It is their stats, you're right. right? My stats Super Bowl from stats. The Super Bowl. So 
it, it's truly inspiring to hear you talk about this, and we could keep going on and on. But we'll, we'll end with this last question. What inspires you? Just seeing that smile and the light in, in those kids' eyes. I love those kids so much. My my own personal kids, they, they know that these students are my family also, and they know that they're like their brothers and sisters. And even my daughter on her little Instagram post for Mother's Day for me, she put that happy Mother's Day to a mom who not only loves her school family, but loves her real family too. <laughs> like she always knows that right. she'll be like, who are those babies? And it's just those facts that I just love kids. I love kids so much. And I love them in a place that even though I'm not a teacher anymore, I can be part of that. And I just have a great thing. So that's what inspires me. Just making sure that the children have the best experience ever. Well, it definitely shows your passion for, uh, for your school, for your students, for making a difference. So we appreciate you being on our podcast yeah today. thank you so much this is greatly inspiring yes absolutely You're awesome welcome. we could keep going going for days um so if if somebody wanted to reach out to you how would they get a hold of you we didn't we didn't prepare yeah, you for that you it's probably prepare. not in your notes <laughs> are you on like social notes. media or yes i am so i'm on facebook instagram i obviously been told i really need to get on twitter and you're missing out yeah i'm missing twitter. out so i need that can be my summer goal i need to get on twitter you can find me. My email is obviously on the Quest Academy webpage. So. Great. We'll put, post the link to that in the notes Absolutely. for the podcast. But thanks for joining us again today. You are very Best of welcome. luck. We can't wait to hear what you do next year or what the theme song is for next year. But as always, I'm Quinn Henderson. Matt Winters. And thanks for listening. Thanks.